Welcome everybody to the Q for Two, your podcast companion for learning all about your favorite theme park attractions. Whether listening at home or while waiting in the queue, we'll fill you in on all the information you need to get the most out of your ride experience. I'm your host, Matthew, and joining me as always is the lovely Ryan. We wanted to start this podcast journey off by introducing ourselves and giving you a little insight into our theme park experience. Ryan? Yes, I am Ryan, and I am also here in the queue for two. (laughs) Thank you for your uh, wonderful intro, Matthew. I am really excited to do this podcast with you. I think both of us are people that enjoy a lot of different theme parks, and we have even enjoyed some theme parks together, and I'm really excited to sit down and talk about some of these great attractions with you. Heck yeah. So... If anybody doesn't know, uh, Ryan and I were college roommates, and like he said, we have been to all sorts of different parks. Uh, Specifically, we went to Dollywood in Gatlinburg slash Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and then also we were season pass holders at Six Flags um, Atlanta, Georgia. I think it's just Six Flags over Georgia, right? Yes, and I will say I had had a previous experience with Six Flags, but you introduced me to Dollywood for the first time. That was actually the first and only time I've been to Dollywood so far. Speaking of Dollywood and everything, what other parks have you been to, Ryan? Well, Matthew, you know, I am first and foremost, a big Disney guy. I've been going to specifically Disney World in Orlando, Florida, since I was, I think the first trip I went on with my parents was when I was four or five. And I was fortunate enough to grow up in a home with parents that were Disney Vacation Club members. So I am well-versed in all things (laughs) Epcot, Animal Kingdom, Magic Kingdom. We got a big shot. And the old-time MGM, for those of y'all who know, now Disney (laughs) Hollywood Studios. But yeah, I enjoy theme parks in general. I've gone on a few like small rides here and there. I would be remiss if I did not mention the other Orlando parks I've been to. I've spent uh, some time at Universal Studios, and I've also gone to SeaWorld, and I can't believe I forgot about both of those. It's been a while since I've been to SeaWorld. Otherwise, though, big theme parks, it's pretty much just the two uh, I've been to with you with uh, Six Flags Over Georgia and Dollywood. I am somewhat similar. I've been to Disney World at this point, I think three times, and Mrs. and I have gone multiple times in our adult years. So I guess, yes, you could call us Disney adults. I know that's an an insult nowadays, but not in this podcast. So don't come in here with that level of hate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Other places I've been to, uh, Visionland is what it was originally called in Bessemer, Alabama. Now it's Alabama Adventure slash Splash Adventure, that whole fiasco. So that was one like growing up, that was like our big local theme park that we went to a lot. And then also Six Flags, both over Georgia and then also the one in St. Louis. Um, The missus and I got to go out there one year when we had our season passes. And then, of course, just Disney World, all the parks, except I have not been to Blizzard Beach. I think that's the one part at actual Disney World that I haven't gotten a chance to go to. I have also not been to the water parks in Orlando, but maybe we'll have to plan a trip out to one of those water parks in Orlando sometime. Heck yeah, that would be awesome. All right. So that is our brief introduction. So check that off the list. And now I think we'll jump into some questions. Fire away. So this comes from our good friend, Allie. She asked, which theme park made you truly passionate about them? I think for me, that is both a tough and an easy answer. And I guess to explain, it's it's obviously Disney World in general. Right. But I think narrowing it down to one park can be difficult. I think since I went at such a young age, of course, the one that 
as Disney would say, captured the magic for me was Magic Kingdom. We used to stay at the Contemporary Resort that overlooks the Magic Kingdom. And I remember even after a really fun day at the theme parks, going to sleep at night, watching the lights dance across Cinderella's castle. Oh. And something about that whole experience has just been, you know, for lack of a better word, magical to me. And it really put that love and passion for theme parks in me at a really young age. Heck yeah. What about you, Matthew? Yeah. So for me, I did go to Disney when I was younger, but it was, I want to say I was like six or seven. So it was, I don't have a lot of like core memories like from there. For me, I would say it's Dollywood. I grew up going to Dollywood multiple times when I was in my teenage years, when I really have a lot of memories. That park is a very family-friendly, clean theme park, and they have such a good mix of rides and shows and just shops, all kinds of good things. And I think for me, that is the first park that I went to that had the big rides and the mix of everything. And it was some really good memories from like a family perspective of family vacations. So I think for me, Dollywood would be my answer. And then obviously, like you said, uh, Disney is just on a different level. <laughs> well, and I think you hit the nail on the head from my one experience at Dollywood. That's something that I've told a lot of people that have asked me about my time there is like, it really does hit that family vibe. I feel like if you go with the whole family, there's something for everyone there. And to me, my Disney equivalent for that is kind of Epcot. You know, it's got the rides yeah. for the kids or the adult thrill seekers and then all the, the food and little shops for anybody who uh, might be prone to motion sickness or otherwise just not an adrenaline junkie in general. For sure. And so I think uh, those parks that offer that balance are, are for sure a lot of fun. What you got for questions for us? Well, I've got a question here from my lovely fiance, Amanda, who wanted to ask us, kind of in the vein of us thinking about early theme park experiences, which ride or attraction did you love as a kid that you still love equally as an adult? I hate to keep going back to Dollywood, but you'll, you'll notice a trend in a lot of my answers, I feel like, when we start talking about our history. There is a ride, a steel coaster at Dollywood that has a triple loop called the Tennessee Tornado. That ride is rough, and yet I absolutely love that ride. Um, I remember waiting in line as a kid for over an hour for it, and just how it's a super fast ride because you're going through your three vertical loops, but man, just the adrenaline that I get from that ride is amazing. And then when we went last year, I believe, I rode it again, and it's definitely rougher, you know, obviously as age, coasters age, but man, I still, that adrenaline rush that I got was still the exact same. So I would definitely have to go with uh, the Tennessee Tornado. What about you, bud? There's two that come to mind when I think about it, kind of for different reasons. I think one for me that is one of my earliest memories going on a ride is the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh at the <laughs> Magic Kingdom. I was a huge Winnie the Pooh fan when I was a little kid. And I remember being at the Magic Kingdom in a little Tigger outfit with little Tigger shorts, <laughs> my little Tigger shirt all ready to go on the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And that one to me is still one that I have a lot of excitement to go on every time that I'm at the Magic Kingdom. Another one that really hits that mark for me that is still one of my favorite rides to this day is Rock and Roller Coaster at Disney's Hollywood oh, yeah. Studios. Mm -hmm. That one is one of the best roller coasters I've ever been on. It never gets old riding when the lines were down. I remember going on it five, six times in a yep. row when I was younger. 
And uh, that was one that my dad and I always really loved riding together. And we've done, I think every time we've gone to Disney World, we've always made sure to go on that ride together. So it's kind of a tradition for us and one that never gets old. I still love riding it. Man, I wish I wish I had gone on rides when I was a little kid and had those memories because, uh, like you said, Rock and Roller Coaster is a blast. So I can understand why that one is one of your answers for sure. So next question I've got for us. What would you like to experience at Disneyland that world doesn't offer? And by the way, that comes from our good friend, Loss. It's hard to narrow it down to one thing for this answer. I've never been out to Disneyland before, and I know I want to make it out there someday. I guess the generic answer would be just all the history that's at Disneyland. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot that's at Disney World as well, but Disneyland was Walt's original park. And Walt's fingerprints are all over that park. And I think just being there and seeing that history firsthand would be incredible. Ride-wise, though, it's got to be Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. (laughs) Never got to ride it at Disney World. And hey, it's still out there. I want to make it out before they shut it down. I think for me, mine is, uh, like you said, with all the history, that's huge. Like seeing the place that he actually got had a hand in designing and got to see you know he helped design disney world but if i'm not mistaken passed away before the park actually opened right so that's huge but for me it's easy uh it's avengers campus Mm. just in general just being able to see the characters that we've come to love through the mcu come to life in person see take pictures with them and then some of the rides like that with like tower of terror how they rethemed it to Guardians Mission Breakout. I know a lot of people don't like it, but I would love to see it because of all the Easter eggs I've seen videos of on that ride and that sort of thing. So I think just Avengers Campus in general is my like, oh man, I can't wait to get out there. And I know the missus and I are definitely wanting to get out there. We'll see when the time is right. Now, I think that would be a blast. I've heard Avengers Campus is a lot of fun. And I heard it's not, you know, not just for the rides, but the experience and the theming around it. Right. I've heard is a blast. And so I, I agree. It would be fun to make it out there. And uh, and uh, I was trying to think of something witty, but I don't I'm not that quick on my feet. So <laughs> meet the <laughs> Avengers. <laughs> I love it. So I got a, another question queued up for us here. Um, pretty simple, straightforward question. But uh, since we got some roots in Disney, wanted to go ahead and fire this off favorite Disney park? I think it's just the default for me is uh, Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom is one of the parks that I could easily do two full days in and feel like I still have not done everything because there's just so much to do with the way they have all the land spread out. I love each of the parks for various reasons, one over the other, but just something like you said is magical about that like the base kingdom. And then of course you've got the like fireworks and everything. And those shows are just spectacular. So yeah, I think I would have to say magic kingdom. I think magic kingdom is an incredible answer. And it was my answer for many, many years for a brief time. It was Epcot now landslide Disney Hollywood studios. Matthew, you know, I am a huge star Wars fan. Yeah. And Going to Galaxy's Edge for the first time, (laughs) I literally had tears in my eyes. Me as a young child would have had so much joy there, and I felt like a child being in Galaxy's Edge again. We tried so many different types of food, got to ride all the different rides. 
that was to me a magic experience as an adult yeah. that I don't know that it'll ever be paralleled. And I love, I love Disney's Hollywood Studios. That's a great answer. Like you said, with the way that they've brought that park up, you know, added the Toy Story stuff, added the um, Star Wars stuff. It's that's a very good answer. And I do love my time that we spent um, at Hollywood Studios recently. If this podcast picks up and goes somewhere, I'd love if Disney wanted to fly us out and have you and I, you know, do the um, exclusive Star Wars retreat, you know, and I'll figure it out. I'm not a big, huge Star Wars fan, but I will dive into the lore and we will build lightsabers and go through every, the whole shebang. That'd be the dream, man. Go to the droid factory, <laughs> make our lightsabers. All right, man. This is another one from our friend, uh, Loss. And it says, what theme park that you've never been to before is the one you would most like to visit and why? And I'll go ahead and preface this by saying I have two answers on this. So if you have multiple answers, because obviously we talked about Disneyland a minute ago, so I don't want to default to that. But if there's a non-Disneyland answer, um, feel free to give that. Obviously, for me, it would be a Disney park, whether that be Disneyland, Tokyo Disney, Disney Paris, any of those. If I were to go with a non-Disney answer... It originally would have been Kennywood Park, and it's because I have this weird obsession with the dark ride Garfield's Nightmare. Oh, God. And I really wanted to ride that ride, but unfortunately, it is not at <laughs> Kennywood anymore. So now I think my answer would be Thorpe Park over in the UK. There's just so many cool rides over there, one of them being the Walking Dead ride that I would love yeah. to check out. Mm -hmm. So I think if we're talking non-Disney, my answer would be Thorpe Park. But Super Nintendo Land would be pretty cool, too. That's for sure. And mine currently is Six Flags Great Adventure, which is in New Jersey. So it's definitely close enough that it's it's feasible and it, it needs to happen. But it's got the ride known as Kingda Ka. That roller coaster, I don't know if you've ever seen videos of it. I have not. It's the tallest in the world and it's the fastest in North America. Basically, you shoot down the track, go straight up go around a giant U and then come straight back down. That is it from all that I've ever seen. And yet something about that height and that speed is just, it drives a thrill junkie like me up a wall. And it is so, oh, I just want to experience it. So that's definitely on the bucket list. Matthew, I love roller coasters, but that sounds like my soul <laughs> would leave my body like that. Just hearing you describe it sounds terrifying. <laughs> it sounds like the perfect mix of a roller coaster and a drop ride. And I love drop rides. We need more drop rides at Disney. That's what I'm going to We need all kinds of just more Tower of Terrors. Every park needs a Tower of Terror. Tower of Terror is a great <laughs> ride. Oh, I can't wait till we get to talk about that ride. All right. What question you got for us next? What was the first ride that you can remember? The first ride that you can remember? I think this comes into my Vision Land lineage. There was a wooden roller coaster there called Rampage. And that is one of my first roller coasters that I can actually remember. They actually tore or they didn't tear it down, but they shut it down for years. And then park went under new management. Names has changed multiple times. They've actually renovated it. And I believe that wooden coaster is now back up and running still at the park now as it is. So if anyone's ever in the uh, central Alabama area and wants to go out to Alabama Adventure, go check out the Rampage. Other than I remember riding it and having a great time, but like all wooden coasters, it's a backbreaker <laughs> at some point. So you've been warned, but I had a good time at the age that I was. 
Well, I, I got to ask you as a follow up, did you only go on it when you were a kid? Did you go back and experience it when they renovated it when you were older? I don't think I got a chance to fully go back after it was renovated. I definitely went back multiple times um, as a kid, but I don't think we ever got a chance to actually return once it was closed and reopened again, sadly. That to me sounds like a cue that these two need to go finish. Am I right? I hate you so much, but I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. We're in a cue for two. You know, for for me, Matthew, it's a really classic answer that I think a lot of kids that went to Disney World when they were young would share. I remember being a little kid standing in line, looking up at the Dumbo ride, waiting for my turn to ride on Dumbo. Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny. It's not a ride that has... (laughs) (laughs) retained nostalgic value for me i actually usually skip a dumbo now when i go to the park oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) and i actually favor the aladdin magic carpets now but that's probably the earliest i can remember when i was when i was a little kid i i definitely agree with you not to get off topic but that aladdin ride is much better but that line man it's just not worth the wait not worth the wait for me (laughs) yeah because the dumbo ride you can be in line for like two hours to ride dumbo um what is this again lost just gave us a lot of really great questions so i'm going to give her this she gets the gold star award for this episode what is your ideal order slash timing to hit the disney world parks timing being more on how long do you think is the best that you need like for each park from like a day slash hour perspective that sort of thing first off i feel like this question we could do a whole episode on and do deep dives into strategies 100 percent, yeah 100 <laughs> percent. i think off the top of my head disney hollywood studios is one that if you want to do everything you're going to need more than one day there okay yeah because i will say this last trip that amanda and i took we were able to do every single ride in the park but we spent the better part of two days hitting up those lines. And that's also with buying the fast passes, Mm -hmm. getting lucky and jumping in line for Tower of Terror when there was only a 10-minute wait right when it first opened. Oh, my goodness. There were kind of strategies like that, and I'll, I'll sneak that one in as a freebie. If you get to the park, Tower of Terror usually opens after the park opens, so it looks like it's closed, but if you sneak in there a little before 9 o'clock, you can claim your spot and get in line hmm. earlier. Interesting. But that's one that I would say is going to take more time, and I think... You know, the new fast pass, or I shouldn't say fast pass, the new lightning lane, lightning lane, like genie plus system is kind of complicated. And a lot of it now is is luck. Honestly, a lot of the rides that we got to ride at Magic Kingdom, it was just because I kept refreshing the app obsessively for 20 minutes waiting in another line until somebody else canceled and something popped up. Yep. So those are kind of the first things that come to mind. But man, I could talk about tips, tips all day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Um, What I'll say very quickly, when it comes to the order, I don't have a specific order. I think for me, it depends on the magic hours, because at least usually it's a some parks are open late on certain days, early on certain days. So that's what always has affected my order, um, mine and Kendra's order. But then also like food reservations, that sort of thing, because you don't want to have a reservation across the park and you're in, you know, you don't want to be at Animal Kingdom and your food's at Magic Kingdom. That would be horrific. For sure. I will say I like to do two days at Magic, a day at Animal Kingdom, 
and then a day and a half each at studios in Epcot because they're so close. A lot of times, especially with the skyline, you can actually walk between the two. But with the skyline, like the buckets, the everything, you can actually ride that back and forth between those two parks. And that's a good thing. So and then that leads me to my last point with that is you can actually hit all four parks in one day, which is amazing. Start at Animal Kingdom, ride the safari, jump on a bus, go to Hollywood Studios, go ride whatever big ride that you want to ride, uh, either Tower of Terror or Rock and Roller Coaster or both, because you probably won't be able to wait in line for the Star Wars stuff at this point in the art in this point. Then take the buckets over to um, Epcot, go ride whatever you want to ride over there at Epcot, get you some food. Then monorail over to Magic Kingdom to finish off your day with the fireworks. Man, what a day that is. It's a lot of travel, but man, that is it. We did that one year and it was, oh, what a way to end our trip we, to get everything last minute off. Oh, so good. Well, and I know you're kind of limited now with the system that they have post COVID where right. you can yeah. only do the one park up until two o'clock, even if you have the the park hopper or I, I should say two o'clock at Disney World. I think it's actually one o'clock over on the West Coast if you're talking California Adventure and Disneyland. Dang it. You for, you reminded me of that. I completely forgot about that. So we can cut that whole section if we want to. <laughs> I completely forgot. No, I think I think it's good information. And I think it's great for us to be hopeful that one maybe day, someday yeah. we'll return to the way the former glory of the Park Hopper Pass. Yeah, God. Because I, I will say for me, one thing that we would always do is our favorite place to stay was and still is the villas at the beach club resort yeah and so that resort is actually right at epcot's back door Mm -hmm. so i would agree with you i probably end up spending about a day and a half in epcot when i go but it's spread out to almost every day okay so like one night we usually the night that we would get there we would have a reservation at cape may at the beach club and spend some time over at epcot maybe see the fireworks we would have one day where for the early magic hours, go over, ride Soarin', now adding uh, the Ratatouille ride to that oh. uh, list of things to do in the early morning. And then, honestly, I would just go over there and eat a bunch because there's, <laughs> there's there's great food in that World Showcase. Too many good food options. That's my that's my biggest issue. There's too many choices that are all <laughs> so freaking good. And I don't have all that money or time. <laughs> You know, the but I love it. The money can hurt. And man, when it comes to Disney, self-restraint with food is non-existent with me. I want to <laughs> everything looks so good yep. all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you try things and you're like, oh, it is all good all the time. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I've got one other question from Amanda, and I think that this could launch us off again on a discussion that we could probably spend a whole episode on, but just kind of in our, our most broad strokes, what pros, cons, opinions do you have about more traditional rides with tracks and animatronics compared to more VR-type rides? For example, a dinosaur-like attraction at Animal Kingdom versus a Star Tours-like attraction at Disney Hollywood Studios. Hmm. So for me, this is it's sort of two parts. You've got like coasters and everything. Coasters, I'm I'm separating that from like this question because I'm a thrill guy like I was just talking about. So coasters are pretty much always going to be like superior 
from a ride perspective. And I would agree. I think coasters are in their own category for sure. So just talking about the like smaller rides, like you said, with Dinosaur versus uh, that, I think honestly, it's hard to tell because to me, it depends on the ride. Because I do love the physical animatronics and I love being on a track and getting whipped around and that kind of stuff. But at the same time, so many more of those rides nowadays are, you can tell their age. Like Amanda brings up Dinosaur specifically. I know that's one of us. She really loves that ride. And I'm not as big of a fan of it because, you know, a lot of that stuff has aged, I feel like. And it's it can be rough, you know, um, you know, actually whipping you around on your body and everything. While you have some rides like Mickey's Runaway Railway, that is all the virtual stuff that I absolutely had a blast on and I loved it and how smooth it is. So to me, it's a little tricky because it's sort of like old versus new and it's hard to really compare them just from like a interest level because it really it depends on the IP. It depends how much they go into it. For example, for Pandora, they did the um, like the boat ride in Pandora and Animal Kingdom. I don't really care for that ride but they put an animatronic huge life-size animatronic Navi and it is absolutely breathtaking. It is. And it's, I don't care for that ride, but you have to at least go on it once just to see that animatronic. So I guess long story short, I guess I have to say animatronics are, uh, and the tracks are better for me, but it's, it's just, it, I think it just depends on the ride. What about you? Well, it's funny that you bring up that ride at avatar. Cause I think that is the perfect merger of one of the most sophisticated animatronics that we've ever seen in a Disney park. Yeah. But then also all of these virtual elements that make you feel like you're in a force, make you feel like there is a weird alien lizard jumping down on the leaf above you and running across the leaf and things like that. So I think a lot of times what we're going to see for attractions that I think are the most breathtaking are going to be mergers of the two. Yeah. That's fair. Now, you bring up things like dinosaur and those being dated. I'll go ahead and say right out the gates, I'm definitely an animatronic person above anything else. And that doesn't mean I don't enjoy the VR ride. Star Tours, I love. And I love uh, Smuggler's Run, too. But something about the animatronics and the history behind the animatronics, whether that be the Imagineers that made them, the history behind building the background stories for the animatronics, or just the technologic advances that we've seen in the sophistication of the animatronics fascinates me. And I think Dinosaur is one of those rides that it's sad because I love Dinosaur, but this last time I rode Dinosaur, it showed its age. Mm -hmm. Some of my favorite animatronics on that ride, like the one of uh, the dinosaur's legs sticking out of the other dinosaur's <laughs> mouth while he's eating them, yep. it wasn't functional. And you could see basically like part of the animatronics were sticking out of his mouth and it kind of broke the immersion of that part of the ride. So I think I would, I would say definitely animatronics, but maintenance is key. Yeah. And I think those rides probably require... Maybe not more maintenance, but a different type of maintenance that I hope isn't aging out, if that makes sense. Well, and I, I think with that, just briefly, like you said, when you think about it, if you've got a projector versus a dinosaur, you know, changing out a light bulb on a projector is way easier and way less, you know, cost expensive and everything like that. And if the ride as the ride ages, you just change what it's projecting, that sort of thing. But yeah, I, I definitely agree. As it ages, it becomes it's a lot easier to tell. 
And it's so disheartening to see when some of our favorite rides start getting older. For sure. And I think, you know, it's funny seeing the merger of those with these new, I think they're called projection mapping animatronics. Mm -hmm. The ones where the faces are no longer articulating components, but there's like a projector within the animatronics head that projects a digital face on them is kind of a sweet spot in between where I think the maintenance from what I've gathered seems to be a bit easier with like the projector versus knowing the sophisticated mechanisms of a really complex animatronic. But then you also still get that physical component of seeing the characters there like on Frozen or on Mickey's Runaway Railway. All right. I've got one more question. That's a quicker one. Simple favorite ride of all time. And again, I've got two. So if you have to give two, you're not alone. (laughs) Favorite ride of all time. It's a tough one. I think the biggest internal struggle with this is do I go with the nostalgia in my heart (laughs) or do I go with the experiences that I've had recently that have taken my breath away? You know, Rise of the Resistance is one that I'm not going to spoil the ride right now for any of you listeners that haven't been able to experience it yet, but it was just such a unique experience coupled with that I love (laughs) Star Wars. That's one that's up there. But then also like in my heart, I want to say, you know, rock and roller coaster. I want to say Space Mountain. Some of these bigger rides that I remember from when I was little that I still enjoy a lot today. (laughs) That's okay. It's somewhere in there. I'm going to go with those I threw out. It's it's somewhere in that mix. For mine, I split it up like I was saying earlier. So first off, I've got Coaster and then Other. So for Coaster, obviously you listed off a bunch of banger coasters at Disney World. But to me, Disney World's not about coasters. Not until Tron comes out, and we'll talk about that when we actually get a chance to ride it in the future. I'm very excited. I've got to go with one of my OGs with Goliath at Six Flags over Georgia. Mm. Goliath is a huge monster of a roller coaster that I could ride over and over and over again. It spans all across the park, goes outside of the park, is super tall. You can see the entire, like, or most of the Atlanta skyline from the top on a clear day. Just an amazing ride. I love that ride. There's the nostalgia factor, but for me, that ride has always ended up performing very, very well for me. My other ride is, like you said with Rise, for me, it's Flight of Passage. I know a lot of people don't love Flight of Passage, I love Soren, and to me, Flight of Passage is the Soren on crack. <laughs> they took what they learned from Soren, added a theme to it, which is awesome. The ability to feel the mist on your face, to feel the breath of the um, the banshees like underneath you as you're diving, and like they're breathing as they're like out of breath as they've done all that. Just it, it, I laugh like a, like a schoolgirl every single time because that something about that ride just takes my breath away every single time. It took the Banshees' breath away too for a minute there. Oh, it did all day, every day. <laughs> I think those are those two good answers. I can't wait till they update that ride after you know we see Avatar one, two, three, four, and five when they update that ride. True. <laughs> oh man. All right. I think that was all the questions I had. Any more from your side? No, I think you closed this out with a uh, with a strong one. Well, Matthew, this has been fun, kind of talking about some of our history with theme parks. And, you know, 
you and I have a lot of history and theme parks together, but I learned a couple things about you today with some of your favorite ride choices that I didn't know about before. <laughs> so this has been a lot of fun. What you're telling me is we can't do a podcast anymore because you're you're so offended. This episode might not even come out. I'm I'm going to have to do some deep reflection. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, before you give our outro and tell goodbye to everybody, I wanted to give everyone a little bit of a heads up of how we're going to be doing episodes here in the near future. So our plan is to currently do one ride per episode, and we're going to start with uh, Magic Kingdom for the first handful of episodes. Each episode, we're going to be splitting it up and talking about our own personal favorite ride at that specific land in Magic Kingdom, since that's how Magic Kingdom splits it up into the different lands, Fantasyland, Tomorrowland, and that's how we're going to start. So just be on the lookout for those, um, and then we'll you know keep you updated as we go through the episodes. But I wanted to go ahead and put that out there so you know what to be looking forward to. We really hope you enjoyed this introductory episode, just given some uh, background about the members of the Q for Two. We would love to hear any of your answers to any of these questions with your experiences on any rides, attractions, fun facts that you have to share. Feel free to join our Discord server and join the conversation or shout at us on Twitter or Instagram. You can also drop a comment on our YouTube channel. All of these links can be found in the episode description below. And be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform wherever you can find us. Well, go catch that ride, and we'll see you next time in the queue for two. Goodbye!